0: enjoy the show beaming at you from the depths of the internet this is the temple of geek podcast your one stop for all All things things geek. welcome to
1: the temple geek podcast my name is mario and i'll be your host as we share thoughts on the series finale of never have i ever if you haven't watched the show save this episode for later and come back because there will be spoilers if this is your first time tuning in the Temple Geek Podcast, welcome. The Temple of Geek Podcast has been around since 2012, and it's hosted by various geeks from the Temple of the Geek team. Here we cover all manner of geek and pop culture news and events. To our returning listeners, thank you again for tuning in. We really appreciate being here. With me today is Menhas, Shiv, and Fuja. Welcome to the podcast. Can you briefly introduce yourself to our listeners and tell them a little bit about yourself? Minhas, um, how about you go first? <laughs> <laughs> sure thing. Hi, everybody. I'm Minhas Smorgul. I am a
2: TikToker. Primarily, I used to do Twitch and whatnot, but I've since refocused. Like the lovely ladies here, I love to talk about film, media, anything that we have a lot of passionate on the same projects and anything that's South Asian-led. We love to hear it and talk about it. And I'm mostly just making memes.
0: Hi, my name is Shiv. I am a film and TV content creator on TikTok and I focus a lot on South Asian led projects. And I love that that is what unites us all here today.
3: Hi, my name is Pooja Chand. Um, I am a content creator as well. I am also a senior writer for The Nerd Initiative. I talk a lot about film,
1: television, sometimes a little bit of anime. I have a lot of fun doing it. So we're here to talk about Never Have I Ever. It has been out for four seasons and this was the series finale. Uh, I know we have a lot to talk about, but what are your first thoughts about season and the finale and this being the series finale? Shiv, you can go first. I had a lot of expectations
0: for this season and I feel like that's my own fault, but also (laughs) that I wasn't really prepared for how it went down. I really loved the finale and how it tied it together, but it's almost like I felt like the finale should have been the start of this season, at least some of the resolution that Davy comes to and we could have seen that growth rather than finally getting it at the end and us craving it a little bit more because we've seen this girl grow up in front of our eyes honestly and as an actress too so just kind of let me down a little bit
2: yeah I agree with what you were saying too especially since it felt like from the beginning up until the season finale you can tell that Mindy Kaling was just trying to fill space. I felt like things were just happening because she wanted things to happen and she needed a way to get to the end of the series, which is honestly unfortunate because we had, like, like Shiva said, amazing characters. We didn't get to see any of Anissa. We didn't get to see any of the development between these friendships. And all of the plots that were conflicts were the same in every episode and once it got resolved the same conflict happened again because of miscommunication. So it got to a point where I was like I'm not understanding why we're watching this and then at the end I was getting very excited for that season finale, very emotional, but that the path to get there I don't think was necessary. I had a lot of mixed feelings.
3: I think that there were some aspects of the final season that were fantastic. It was lovely to see Davy kind of go through this path of growth. But I do feel like it was a lot of the time it was at a cost. She was always sacrificing one really bad trait for another good trait. And it was just this back and forth with her. Not to mention the fact that there was like these love triangles that were completely unnecessary. It just kind of felt like a lot of plot lines from the previous three just rehashed into one and just reused over and over again and as everybody else said you know it's just it just felt like the same conflicts over and over again even amongst the friend group where a lot of the times communication could just solve their problems and they could have just moved forward from that and not made the same mistakes nearly it's like entire character arc was probably the most completed that was a really nice character arc but for the most part there's just so much about the show that was really lacking that was kind of missing what the previous three seasons were all about and just leading up to the finale it just felt kind of empty almost so
1: yeah yeah i really like the word the use of the word empty because i echo everything you guys were saying but like it did feel empty like it felt i don't want to say hollow but i felt like there's like pockets where i'm just like what's happened like it felt like filler like ronald said uh i believe that it could have ended in season three i felt like that ending was complete there was a whole journey It's a mental health aspect And with all the characters, like, I feel like we ended Pax in a good way. Even Ben, I just, if they ended on season three, I would have been very satisfied. I know that like high school is four years and I know that like, okay, they want to show their senior year. They want to show prom. They want to show graduation. Baby really wants to get into Princeton, And I guess I really wanted to show that, but like, I just felt like they were backtracking so much because they need to fill up space. And I think it came at the cost of like focusing on the love triangle, which maybe a lot of people cared about the whole love triangle or or the the Ben and Baby shit, but like I didn't as much. So like I think the extra season was just to bring them together and show a problem in like, you know, college.
2: But they were together too, which is the strange thing, right? They ended up together in the last season. (laughs) So I'm not sure to have them break up immediately. In the first episode, when I saw that happen, it really set the mood for the rest of the season. Um, I, guess I was just like, oh, so this is what's going to happen now. It's going to just be a lot of backpedaling, uh, again, which is unfortunate because... We know there's room for a lot of growth for these characters without having to go backwards. What's-her-name-the-cousin had a lot of story that left unsaid, right? Anissa had a lot of story that left unsaid. The cousin's husband also, her boyfriend, had a lot of story that left unsaid. There's so many things that we could have gone forward with. But I don't know if Mindy Kaling... And she has done amazing things with a lot of her shows in the past. But with every single one of those shows, they hit a point where you can tell she doesn't know what to do anymore. It happened with the Mindy Project. It happened even in The Office with their character in The Office, where the characters grow to a certain point and then they they just stop. And I can see that that happening here. And I agree with you, Maria. It really, up until season three, I thought it was perfectly... It was like a perfect sandwich. <laughs> it, it, it was done so well, and, and it is one of those situations where it's like, oh, we just have to keep going forward. So we're just gonna make a
0: story.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree with that because, like, I think a very good example of like not knowing what to do, needing filler, is like Paxton's story. Because I mean, I like Paxton, and I like the friendship between him and Pac, um Baby. I mean, ship them for a little bit, but like him growing, being ready to like move on, and then go to college, only to come back, was just like okay. Clearly, you didn't know what to do, but you wanted him around because you wanted to keep that love triangle angle only to make him a teacher, so it's illegal to have him in the love triangle. Um, speaking of love triangles, adding Ethan and then Ethan disappearing, adding Mar- wait, adding Margot and her just being there. Um, yeah, I, I guess like it felt, it felt very high school, and I know they're in high school, but it felt high school, and I think that's disappointing because I feel like this show handled very mature themes with mental health and everything that Baby went through, so... I don't know. It just felt like a different vibe. If that makes sense.
2: Yeah, especially since if you don't mind me pitching in, where season one was really about dealing with be- being a teenager, but also dealing with really, really real life issues. But the thing with Paxton, and I don't mind that he found school too hard, and I don't mind that he was trying to find himself. The reason why I personally felt like it an issue is because if you look at it outside of what is happening in the story, the actor is 30. And you don't really notice. I mean, I didn't really notice in the first three seasons because he's put in a setting where he he's not doesn't need to look like an adult. You put now you're in a situation where he's a teacher and he looks like a teacher because. So when she when he's doing these things like kissing baby in the closet or it just feels icky because it really feels a lot more real that there is a unbalanced dynamic there because the age really shows because. He, he, there's nothing to hide it anymore, and I think that it was so jarring to see. And I feel like there was there could have been another way of going about that of him finding himself like leaving high like leaving his college. So you, that story is okay because it does happen to people, but I feel like making him come back and be a teacher and then pushing all these boundaries that are inappropriate for teachers and students. And then in there's in the a scene where he's like, I know you're 19, and it's like, wait, what is, I forgot for a second, because it just, it was so, up until that point, it was so, it felt like he wasn't.
3: I completely agree with everything that you guys are saying, because quite frankly, when I saw the fact that Paxton was actually going to be coming back to Sherman Oaks High, I honestly was like either he should have just had his own journey outside of high school or he should have never been brought back for the season because that was not a storyline that I think anyone really cared to see. And it was just really weird to see his relationship with all of these like kids, you know, because he is a grown adult. He's now a faculty member. And it's just kind of like this weird dynamic of him hanging out with students and then him being in the closet with Davy, and just having this like weird, inappropriate, like enabling relationship with these kids that it just felt icky and I wasn't really fond of it. But I still really enjoy the dynamic between Davy and Paxton. I think they have a really good friendship. Don't think that closet scene was even needed, but it is what it is. But yeah, like... I have mostly always been team Paxton, but in terms of friendship, and I have never really liked the relationship between Ben and Davey. In my opinion, I, I always feel like it's so like, it's so competitive and it feels borderline toxic. And I just like, it, maybe it would be fine if they were friends, but relationship wise, it was never going to work. And I'm, I, I just was not here for that. I didn't like it. I
0: think also this season felt like filler because it was filmed back to back and you could tell it's like, we don't have any ideas, so let's just run it back really quick, you know, like, and that's like actually what happened with the love triangles with Davy and like kind of slipping back into her own ways. And like, I just wish that we focused so much more on seeing her mental health growth. And more importantly, one of my biggest with this season is the fact that we didn't get any like mother daughter time. Until that very last episode, which was beautiful and is always to me the highlight of this show because it is something that I can relate to and most of us can, and I think that that we got robbed of like the relationship that they built to get to the point also that Davy was comfortable with her mom dating. Like, how did we get there? Other than you know time, wow. like being a, a, a precursor for that, you know, but like just. It, that the whole summer that she spent where she didn't go to the program after last season and she came and spent the time with, she chose her mom. She actually just chose her mom and we just don't know how we got there. Like, and I'm really
1: mad. The show didn't show it. I didn't expect them to show a summer. Cause I know that it's like, you know, going to be focused on school, but like they didn't show They literally, um, it was like whiplash, like, okay, Ben and her hooked up. It's the first day of school. <laughs> like they just, you know, they had one text back and forth. She was supposed to spend the summer with her mom. They were supposed to do all these things. They just, glossed over all of it and I I think the whole the whole back-to-back part knowing that they filmed it back-to-back actually makes me more confused because it's like did you just forget all the growth that all these characters went through like I like I watching a different show and I realized like while listening to you guys and like the whole fact that they brought Paxton back I realized that maybe Mindy doesn't realize why we like the show like I think she forgets that it's a mother-daughter relationship it's mental health it's a three generation of South Asian stories that we're seeing on screen I'm really upset that we barely saw Kamala like it's okay that we didn't see Mindy I know that is like very busy but like we barely saw her story and it was like associated with at the grandmother's story not only had a moment, but like it's just they've always used the three generations and their stories and what they're going through. Kamala always has a story that she's focused on. Like we've always focused on her her career, her love life on its own. But she was she has like a whole her own apartment. We we didn't even see that. She's just like back in place. So I'm a little frustrated with that too as well. It makes you wonder if did a writer leave? It makes you it makes you
2: wonder because what was happening in the first three seasons and this season is starkly different. It, I know it's always been a testament to Mindy Cowling, her experience as a South Asian has been different to a lot of our South Asian experiences, even though there have been overlaps. Like I, I know like in my life, there's a lot of experiences she had that I also have. But I think with especially in our communities, like the, the solidarity between women and it being the backlash between aunties. It's such a complicated relationship. And I think for us, as South Asian women, really cling to these ideas and want to see that camaraderie in television as just as how we kind of, we cling to each other and find each other because we need it and we crave it. And that's why we love this show. And I'm not sure Mindy really has that insight to it because I just, I unfortunately don't think she has that same camaraderie with other South Asian women.
1: Which is really unfortunate because I feel like the show did try to do that and then like let go of it. Like I will always be so frustrated with the Anissa's character and we can get into that later. But like when Anissa was introduced in season two, that's when I I always liked the show because it was fun. I relate out of all of Mindy Kaling's characters... Baby's the one that I relate to the most. I see a lot of myself with her. Like, who hasn't been messy? <laughs> like, we can all relate to that aspect. And especially her relationship with her mother. It, she wasn't perfect. She had her, like, bad points. Even though she was the perfect, like, daughters on textbook paper when it comes to the South Asian community. But her adding another South Asian character in season two just for, like, Baby to have another South Asian girl around her and befriend her. And then, like, it was back and forth. Like, it, was, it, it was very interesting to see her, because Davy has such an internal... She has an interesting relationship with her Indian identity, right? Like we see her rejected in season one. And then she, and this is one of the things that I loved about season three was that she finally started to appreciate her South Indian um, like identity and actually got more involved with her culture. There was, besides the wedding, there was like not much of that this season. And I think the whole relationship with her and Anissa was just so strong and good. Like, yeah, finally like the same guy, Ben again. <laughs> but like, they still got along with their mothers. They understood what it was like to feel like as an outsider. And they ended up being best friends. And then Anissa's not even in like the friend group when they go to prom. It just makes no sense that they worked so hard, did all these things. But Anissa's in bad relationships most of the show. We never see that friendship again. That's wild.
0: Sorry, so if you were saying, but she does, though, um, I just wanted you to continue that thought. Um, Well, I mean, like in real life, she does have, I mean, she's part of the same group of like, you know, the Lily Sings and the Piles and the Jay Shettys of the world. Like she's in that group of people. Yeah. I'm not saying that that heals whatever lack of that, that you had in your childhood, obviously it doesn't, but she has resources to tap into. And like, that's kind of always been my issue with the representation is that like the reason why it doesn't feel maybe as authentic as it should or what it could be is because she's not tapping into those resources and instead hires writers that maybe she feels more confident in their writing skills which is great i i agree 100% that's seems like the right move but again someone gets robbed in that process and and that's usually brown people <laughs> that are expecting proper representation so
3: I was just going to add on to what you were saying is the fact that, you know, I wonder if, you know, when you bring up like Jay Shetty and Lily Singh, um, like, I wonder if it's just because of the fact that she's in a group of like minded people who have very similar experiences. So it's kind of hard to like branch out and really understand outside experiences that are different from her own. And I'm not saying that's an excuse, but I feel like that is possibly like the reason why she consistently has the same stories in everything that she creates. And so while that's understandable, it's kind of on, it's almost on her to kind of expand her, her group and the people that she's associated with and the people that she spends time with, specifically with South Asians, because it almost kind of feels like everything that she does create becomes the end-all be-all, which it shouldn't be. And that's not really fair to people who do not have that same shared experience because some of Mindy's experience does relate to me, but then some of it doesn't. And so it's just kind of this, like, it's almost like we're kind of sacrificing parts of ourselves just to have this representation, which we shouldn't have to do in the first place.
2: Yeah. That's really, really well put. I keep thinking about uh, the Mindy project and that scene where, um, Mindy, Mindy's ex is dating another South Asian girl, and the ex goes, "Oh, that's awesome! I love to see other brown people." And her reaction is, "There's literally thousands of us." And it's it's a it's just a one line in the show that lasted for so long, but it's always stuck with me because it is very telling to how she feels about South Asian women in general. <laughs> like that is an insight to Mindy Kaling's brain, and I, I can definitely see that she has grown. Again, we don't want this to be like the Mindy Pot, uh the Mindy kind of spiel, but a lot of what her experiences are in the show. And and I look at Davey and Ben, and I also look at uh, Mindy and Danny, and they are parallels of the same relationship. And both of them were not good, in my opinion. They always, and even in the Mindy project, they always wanted to bring it back to Danny, even though he consistently showed he is not a good partner for Mindy. And same with Ben. Ben is not a good partner for Davey. And in this seat, last season, they did nothing to show us that he is nothing. And it was just, oh, I changed my mind now. Why? <laughs> <laughs>
3: this is why I'm getting
1: Team Pax thing girly. <laughs> I feel like that's the
3: thing. Like, he put it best when he said that the two of them are better off as friends. And I just don't like the fact that it took for him to get on this trip in order for him to realize maybe that's not true. And then to hear that Davey said it like herself and was really accepting of that fact. And then for them to just kind of turn around and be like, actually, you know what? We're good together. Let's let's get back together. It's fine. It, it'll be okay. We're going off to different colleges, but it'll be perfectly fine. And I just I just can't help but feel like it's, you know, a recipe for disaster, honestly. I love that they
1: ended in a long distance relationship. Like, oh yeah, you're telling me you guys are going to be successful on a lot. Like, not to like, you know, break the dream, but it's like, okay, cute. Let's see how that <laughs> lasts. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since yes. we're in the same town, but okay. <laughs> this is the yeah. before. Okay, <laughs> um. that's so funny. Yeah, I think what like gets me about the Ben relationship is that like it they make it seem like it was always him, like from the beginning. He was the day one, and it's like no. Uh, This is why I go back to whole, like, we were all watching the show for, we were watching the show for the same reason, but I feel like maybe the younger audiences were watching it for a different reason. In my comment section, everyone's like, oh, I'm Team Ben, I love them together, and it's like, okay, cute, good for you, but I feel like they were just trying really hard, like... I'm, I'm glad you compared the whole Danny and Mindy from the Mindy Project to the Ben and Davy because it's very—it's a very Mindy-killing staple. Like, that whole um, dynamic of the negging, the, like, enemies to lever, but an intellectual level. Uh, the sex eyes of college girls, I, I forget what i know. Oh, Bella and her guy are very similar, too. And I'm sure they're going to end up together. But, like, so it's a very Mindy-killing thing. So whenever they were going, whenever I saw Ben, I'm like, yeah, they're going to end up together. But, like, I guess, like, them trying to be like, they're the, that's the one, they're the meant to be, that's the enemies to lovers, they're going to get together and I feel like there was no growth, it was just like oh, it just has to happen there was like this thing with them and I feel like that's what made me feel like, okay, well, you're not going to try to even grow or anything, you're just going to put them together because you think this, di- you think this dynamic is cute Mindy Kaling, but like And I don't know if any of you saw it. I think it was the actor for Davy's father. He had
3: posted something either on Instagram or Twitter or something. And it was supposed to be a picture of Davy and Ben, but like older, like they were aged almost. And when I saw that, I was like, did they film scenes where they were older and married and together? Cause that's, I hope that's not like, I feel like that's where they wanted it to go and they just cut it out. But like, I don't know. It was weird to me. It was very weird.
0: That is weird.
2: Unless it was, like, a dream sequence. I don't know. Like,
1: that's strange. I'm glad you brought school. a baby's father because we can talk about Mahan for a while. Um, <laughs> He's so hot. Anyways, just had to say that. <laughs> no, but, definitely. Definitely. Best relationship, hottest <laughs> guy on the show, <laughs> for sure. That is understood. Um, before before you get into
0: that, you mentioned Anissa, and I want to talk about that in a second. Oh, yeah. we, we can want to talk about Anissa now? We can do that. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to obviously piggyback on what you're saying because I totally agree that she was missing, and it's like one of the first things I noticed because one of my biggest expectations, foolishly, for this season was that I wanted Anissa to openly talk about being Muslim. And Davy to talk about her struggle, maybe with Hinduism, even though we see her praying like consistently throughout the seasons and we see that she is Hindu. But like, I wanted the audience to know more about that. But again, if you look at the creator, they probably don't really feel like they're that religious to then comment on that. So like, I understand that that's maybe too much of a leap. But I find that in high school, that's when I was like, if you've watched, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. I think it's a perfect example of like, you feeling that struggle of connecting to God when your immigrant parents like came here and like instilled this thing in you and you're like, OK, well, but I'm American or I'm Canadian and like I just don't know what I'm supposed to believe. I'm so young and I have friends that are Christian and, and Muslim and like they're telling me about their religions. So like that confusion, I feel like would have been such a great topic to add to the discourse of this show on top of mental health two things that i just don't think teen shows talk about at all really and we got robbed once again of that mm-hmm. and also anisa's character is bi so like yeah what, <laughs> is my, what no, totally rep- thing? Yeah. the bi like, representation <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and, like, mm-hmm. and, and on top of her being Muslim, like i feel like that's such a rare character to create that like how dare you create that character and then just sweep her away? So, like, exactly. yeah. Especially since I
2: know for a mm-hmm. fact that there are a lot of bi-Muslim women in you know the Western world that just struggle with that identity. So much so that I, that character was such an opportunity, such a beautiful opportunity. Yeah, So
1: pretty much agree with everything you say. It's, mm-hmm. it's a shame. Pooja, if you have thoughts, because um, I can go off about Anissa's and my frustration about her. I like, literally will probably do a whole, like, I can do the rest of the podcast about this. So, if you have thoughts before I start ranting. Regarding
3: Anissa, I think just to kind of add on to the whole fact that she's bi, first of all, I forgot that she was actually bi until you guys mentioned it, which is a shame because obviously she was just completely missing from the final season and from season three. But it's like you guys said, you know, it's it's really hard to see South Asian. By men and women in any type of media and being a south asian who is also by like it's 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 something that i wish i could see more of on screen and it's something that would be like it it would just i don't know it just it just it just gives you a, a very specific feeling and to have that taken away because the writers or the creator doesn't really know how to address that is really unfortunate because at that point, if you don't know what to do, either don't create that character or at least consult with people who are from that community, who understand that experience, who are able to guide you in that process. Because I know that there's a lot of shows and film that do hire people to consult with and to kind of get that insight and they talk to people. And I don't know, I I feel like that was just a really missed opportunity and, it's unfortunate that we didn't get that with Anissa. So I just I just wanted more of her, but it is yeah.
1: what it is. What gets me about Anissa, I think the reason why I'm like so bent up about it, it's just like it's such wasted potential. Like when I see her character, I just think of all the potential that they wasted. And I've had discussions with other Muslims about like what I think about the Muslim representation versus what they think. I... We'll admit that i do did think that they just like slapped on the muslim label for anisa just for like you know variety and like representation but i was okay with that because it's like sometimes the muslim identity isn't like completely part of the character but i found it really interesting that the way she dressed because she's muslim had an effect on like her image of herself how she was treated in high school which led to her being obsessed with her looks and the eating, leading to eating disorder and like not to get too personal but like that says someone who like has to deal with that or has felt that type of feelings before I really appreciated that like okay your culture your religion can come up in other ways that you especially in high school whenever we are judged by our looks and as a muslim, muslim in high school i know that i was very self-conscious about those things so like it's interesting that they good like they brought it up that aspect but then they never brought up her muslim religion ever again and to the point that people forgot that she was muslim like i remember talking to someone also like oh yeah she's muslim i forgot about that and same with their career representation they just I feel like they just put these token words with her character, and made it important for a second, and then they just were like, "never mind now." Like they did that with a queer story. Like she had a whole relationship with Fabiola, and then, she did. Like, and then what happened, and then she was sidelined. And I was so mad with like I know that Megan Sherry is busy and she's doing a lot of projects, and I'm very happy for her. But like, and that's probably why she couldn't do season four. Like, Lily was in two scenes. I think she was playing soccer for one of them. I don't even remember the other scene that she was in because she was barely in it. But, like, in season three, she gets... Uh, ben breaks up with her and then Fabiola breaks up with her. And then that's it. Like, she's literally just there to be hurt. Mm-hmm. All of that in season two. So I will always be really upset that they worked so hard to make sure they added a female girl, to add that to, like, baby's, like, whole self-reflection of herself with her identity. Try to... And how many times do we see South Asian... Two South Asian high schoolers girls befriend each other you know like we never see those type of relationships on screen we never see muslim hindu relationships on screen so like i love that as someone who has muslim hindu relationships and my majority of my friend group are they see girls i love seeing it but they did all that and for a plot line for baby
2: i i'm gonna uh kind of counter what you're saying, where I don't agree, where it was just slapped onto her. I think that the way the show is, sometimes it's okay to have a character be who they are without all that other stuff like happening. Especially since she's not the main character. I do agree she was sidelined. I do agree she shouldn't have just been there to be broken up with. But who she is, who Anissa is, I know people exactly like her that are Muslim, and bi and they don't talk about, they don't talk about it when they're with their friends. They just kind of exist, right? And that is a thing that happens. And I think that's a thing that's okay. I think the main issue maybe that you have about it is that it, it like nothing else happens with her. And that's why it's not okay. And that's why it feels like they just kind of slap the labor, label on her. But the way the way she is, I know people who are like her. So I don't feel like when we, you're like, oh, just slap, uh, uh, that, when the phrase comes, oh, they just slap the label on her to make her like that. I kind of feel just a little bit icky about that just because like,
1: I just know so many people like her, and it was really exciting. Like obviously, she doesn't have to like make her identity about being Muslim and queer the whole time. Uh, it's more of like it came up though by other characters, and it, so I feel like if she was just named a niece like Qureshi and existed, her teacher did the awkward like "Oh, assalamualaikum" thing if you want to pray, and just like talk about like how funny that is that you know the very woke teacher wants to seem cool and like uh, educated to the Muslim character. That's fine, but like then they brought it up it like for her. Like, you know, eating the story like, oh, because I'm Muslim because I wear this. And then, like, you know, that happened. So she's like, okay, she brought it up for randomly this time. And that's why I was like, okay, like, why, where, what, what situations do you pick and choose this coming up? And because she was in high school and this was her first time dealing with her sexuality, I felt like it was a missed opportunity of not letting her deal with her queerness while being Muslim. So it's like, she doesn't always have to be queer or Muslim. It's just like, that was a great opportunity where that part of her identity could have been, like. Shown they could have, like, and because they didn't have, a, they really didn't have a story for her in season three. Like, she was, yeah. and it's like, there's a story right there. Have her talk to her mom, have her talk to davy about it. Like, have the girls react. Maybe they'd be like, Oh my god, dude, you're queer. How are you gonna tell your mom? Like. Literally one conversation. They could have just had one conversation.
2: Yeah, no, totally agree with you there. there's definitely, I definitely agree that there was a missed opportunity. I just, I just need an asterisk. I don't think she was just slapped on there. Yeah, definitely missed opportunity. Even just like bringing it up a little bit here, here and there a little bit more.
1: Where they do try to do that, well, I guess is Baby's um, relationship with her culture and her religion. And I know like, Shiv, you've talked about it before, um, in, in season three, they showed um, Rajen, I believe, and then they showed like her dancing in this one. So, how did you feel about how do you feel about Baby's like relationship with her culture like, compared to Nisa's? I guess I just it's just not
0: that relatable to me because I grew up doing Indian classical dance, so I was like heavily rooted in my culture, and, and my family lives here. So, like, yeah, of course, I expected her to be more, but that's also not who Baby is. She also. I think maybe partially rejects her culture because she lost her dad. Like, I think there's a part of her that kind of feels the loss of that too. You know Um, I think it's wild though, that there are three other South Asian women and culture isn't being brought up constantly. Like if my grandma was in my house, you best believe I would be doing all the damn things. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no way to me, other than like maybe including some South Asian or South Indian dishes specifically in their household. Sometimes they kind of name drop that, like just to, again, give us like the little crumbs, actually, quite literally the crumbs of our food. I wanted more and I was really happy with it when it came in the, the final episode. But then the sad part is that the context of the episode is that she's getting married to, the grandmother is getting married to a white dude. So like, I really, <laughs> like I just really, how we got there you know but I wanted to say something too about not Anissa but the fact that you mentioned Miss Opportunity I think that is quite literally what sums up how I feel about this season mainly too because we don't see Mohan a lot which we can talk about obviously <laughs> and we don't see Manish played by Utgar who's Kamala's man Mr. Kulkarni who's her English teacher and I feel like once again there was a great opportunity to showcase what dating a south asian man would be like especially if you are she kamala is from india and it would have been really cool to see the dynamic between the two of them that whole discussion about her getting a job she just writes off the fact that like manish would be okay with it he'd move with me i'm like without a discussion like i Go to the without knowing what my husband wants on my list you know what i'm saying like i don't what are you talking about you're moving across the country and he's just gonna be okay with it like he's got a whole ass job here like so i i just feel like again we got we got robbed but a great opportunity to showcase what it would have been like to see a south asian south asian couple relationship something that we don't ever really see other than like wedding season on netflix it just sucks because that also means that kamala's entire storyline was just completely trashed i have a feeling he was working on a movie that's coming out on disney plus this week but like i still feel like it just it it irritates me that scheduling conflicts was the main reason why we didn't get storyline
3: like that's yeah Yeah. that sounds about right yeah
0: yeah oh
3: my god I personally, when when it comes to the whole, like the grandmother with the white boyfriend kind of situation, I wish if it was actually possible because I know that scheduling conflicts, you know, prevent things from happening, but I kind of wish that Manish's story was included with Kamala, uh, Kamala to the point where the grandmother learns to accept Manish and they yes. learn to kind of like live together and like, you know, be a family together instead of Kamala just kind of being thrown away for this whole weird like mystery situation with like who's the white dude like who's this guy who's Len you know it just felt so it just felt like it was thrown in there for the sake of having a story and for you know to give her purpose and it was just a waste I was really upset obviously with the way that they threw away Anissa the way they threw away Manish, it was completely, they were just so underutilized and we could have gotten so much more story out of them. We could have got so much growth out of them, especially with Manish and his relationship with Kamala. Just, I, I, I just, I just wish that there was more. That's all I wish for, you know, like I think what they did was very surface level, but they could have just done it a little bit better and they could have just swapped certain stories for better ones. Honestly.
0: Also I just want to add one thing about Kamala before before you guys also weigh in. Um she last season mentions that she, marriage isn't really for her. And I feel like when I heard that, it's it's I'm married. Like it doesn't not that I resonate with what she's saying, it's more so that like I know so many women that feel that way in our community, especially considering how much pressure they get to get married and also how hetero it is. Like I just don't know why we tossed such an important storyline away if that's something that is that represents the modern desi woman i'm like we just like just threw it out like i was like okay well there goes any sign of showing progression in our community it's
2: so weird it's so weird that it's like here are these little nuggets of like things that you could have experienced but you're just like throwing it out the window should you mentioned earlier that you grew up in like a South Asian culture household so you expected more of it so me like my experience was closer to Mindy's growing up where I, I spent a lot of my life trying to reject it and I have learned to come back to it and I still thought it was weird that she didn't talk about her culture that much so it's not just you because in my house even growing up it it is our life right that is, there's no escaping it this is what you are and not just in a like this is what our dinner is it's from when you wake up to when you go to bed it is your life so it is strange not not just for if you're in it but also if
1: you grew up not in it it is jarring still and i want to go back to kamala because as a woman in stem that doesn't want to get married yeah i kind of could relate to kamala a lot and i i'm really mad because i feel like her story was complete if it ended on season three it would have been perfect that would be fine but like it kept going and it's like fine show her job or something why did her story have to be like dissolved into the grandmother story like she literally has a whole research project going on show that like that whole work dynamic that she had was like a great storyline too so there again missed opportunity again and I feel like it's so annoying because it feels like they ended up using all this space for Ben and Baby instead and their love triangles because both of them were in a love triangle this season too somehow even though we didn't see three major characters have their own stories, but we saw three love triangles instead.
2: <laughs> uh, but <laughs> How about three love triangles? <laughs>
1: um, I did a video talking about all the love triangles and I was just like, my gosh, we have so many every season. And we had literally three in like by the th- second episode. No, I feel like this speaks on Mindy Kaling's experience. And I've always said like, I don't want someone to write about my experience that they haven't had it, even if they are South Asian and female, which is fine. Like this goes on to what Shift said about like how she should expand. Maybe she should like, you know, learn or she can just cr- have more South Asian writers in her writing team. And I don't know about you guys, but like I remember whenever have I ever was having a casting call, like Mindy did this open casting call for anyone who was a Desi girl, like a South Asian girl from the ages of I think like 18 to 25 or something like that. I remember seeing that. So she went out and found these girls. She went out and found um, Maitra and Kamala's, um, I think Richa is her name, and because we've never seen them before, this was the first time they debuted. So she tried to get South Asian representation. Why couldn't she do that in a writer's room? Like if that, if she really cared about doing better. She was so close. She just needed to take one more step, but it's like, I can't help but feel like it's like, Oh, I have the writers. Like I have my team, but it's like, no, it also starts within the production and the writing team. And yeah. well, since we did bring up the love triangles, how do we feel about like the side characters of Margot and Ethan? Because they were, Ethan was introduced this season. Margot was last season. I, I appreciate the fact that Ethan is another um, POC character. i love to see that. And I'm glad that they added it, but um, He was again just thrown away after the love triangle.
2: I like life. Okay, and I'm a sucker. I like life triangles, but when there is one,
1: that's fair.
2: (laughs) Even I thought it was too much. But Ethan, so funny because he looks like, and this is so random. He looks like a Power Ranger. <laughs> in the recent season. I,
0: actually, like, I was like so excited and then he wasn't and I was sad. <laughs> and that was the biggest turn on. You just said that right now. I'm like, I know now that you were in that love triangle. Self-insert <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right here. Um, <laughs>
2: but Yeah, it was it was strange um, to add them and take them away within the next few episodes. If you were going to add another love triangle, which is fine, add it. Make it the whole season. <laughs> Don't make it like one more, and then one more, and then one more, and then one more. <laughs> yeah.
0: um, I I feel as though Ethan's character just was um, a carbon copy of Dez's storyline from last season, and I was majorly upset when that happened because I Anira- knew is gorgeous, but I, I feel like other than the whole mom, um, mom friendship that happened last season with them and that's why they broke up. Like it, it, we can't help but recognize that both of these POC side characters just came in for like a little bit of a cameo and then they just disappeared and we're back to Ben, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the dual love triangles also is a reiterated storyline that has been used with these two in mind, specifically like Ben and baby. So it was just like, it really felt so unoriginal. And that's what made it like a drag to get through the season because I was like, so we already know where this is going. Like, can we just get there then?
2: Yeah. It really should have ended with
0: Paxton, the love
2: triangles. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't think that we needed one after Paxton. Um, I think the stories she could have other relationships without having a love triangle at that point
0: maybe this is like a me not being in high school um, like it was so long ago like our love triangle is like that big of a thing in high school that that's just like what's going
1: on <laughs> I have no idea it's <laughs> been very long time <laughs> in school? Well, I'm <laughs> gonna, sorry go ahead
3: Pujo. oh I just want to pitch in I was in one in high school and it Ooh. lasted like a week <laughs> so yeah. yes maybe which is but being like Ben's
2: relationship so that works out <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it exactly. It, it is yeah high school was like that Right. One person, they dated for a week and then somebody else. And there was drama, 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 drama all the time. So, yes, high school is like
0: that. <laughs> Listen, I want to be that square and be like high school was not like this for me. Like the amount, the amount of spicy scenes that go on in this show, I'm like, could not be me. Like I was just. Because my parents were like, study, study, study. Like I was not looking at boys. Like I did have a boyfriend, but like they didn't know, you know what I'm saying? Like it was not um like this. And that's what makes it that that differentiation of like an age demographic watching this show. I was watching for Nalini's show or her storyline. I was watching for mm-hmm. Kamala's storyline because I yeah. was like, Yeah, I can relate to them. Yeah. And also mm-hmm. like I'm going I'm closer to the mom phase than I am to the baby phase at this point. But I'm just like <laughs> I want to know how she parents her child because like, I want to know where <laughs> my mom's generation missteps so that I can maybe not make those same missteps. Right. But like, I could take 10 less spicy scenes <laughs> if it meant that I could get through the show because on one hand, it's really nice seeing a Brown girl, that young, like being desired by so many men and like owning her sexuality. Like I love that part, right? Like yay for sex positivity. But then, it just gets like the whole Ben dream sequence. I was just like, "What is actually that? that?" Was weird. weird. It's scary like, like. <laughs> yeah. I, know, I, I you that out. You know. You know. You
3: yeah. yeah. know. but I was sitting there watching that scene, and I was like, "Girl, put some clothes on. Go, yeah. go change. Out,
2: <laughs> out, out, out." <laughs> yeah, I'm not right. sure if I uh, uh, I agree with that. Um, but you know, I think it wasn't. It was more just we could have been doing other things, other storylines. If this show was primarily this to begin with, it would be less of an issue. If like, this was always, if there was always this much spicy scenes, right? There were, they all, there was teasing up until this point, but we never had so much, had to watch it so much, right? Like, which I think was the issue where is it, nece- especially cause we have all these unnecessary love triangles. So now yes. already we have these unnecessary stories that are taking too much time we're wasting our time watching them like make out and (laughs) the like um i don't mind dream sequences because they're dream sequences but if if it's like the real every time they did it in real life i'm like no skip it because um it doesn't serve the plot right the dream ones serve the plot in my opinion i
1: think the I think the other issue is the fact that, like, we had spicy scenes, but then we were with Kamalov, <laughs> like, in season one, like, with her boyfriend. Um, yeah. was dating that really hot dermatologist at one point, and they, they didn't make out or anything, but, like, they, they had a lot of cute chemistry, a lot, and, and that was what was lacking. Like, I know she, I know that Nolani is seeing someone new, and they had, I think they had some flirting towards the end, but, like, before the love triangles and babies, like, fantasies and stuff, but she had, like, a fantasy about Paxton in season one. Um, they were also, like, sprinkled in with Kamala's, like, love life and her, like, doing things. And and what, her, like, you know, flashbacks to Mohan. Like, we had so many in season one. And like maybe this is why I felt I felt really old watching this show. Like I completely agree with Shiv that like for some reason I felt really aged. And I'm like I never I know it's always been a high school show. Like my younger nieces who are in high school watch the show, and I'm like yeah I'm 33 like watching the show. But it never felt like a high school show. But for this this season definitely did. And I think it's because like the mature plot the other generation of women didn't get their lo- they just we didn't get their love triangles and. Okay. Or like any any relationship stuff with them. Like Melly eventually got someone, but nothing would um and I guess like nirmala was dating someone but they're not gonna show spicy scenes with I'm not gonna count that, know, that. yeah exactly <laughs> i don't want to count that um but <laughs> like we usually have a whole love story with like uh, kamala and we usually have something with nalani and mohan and like flashbacks we got none of that this season so okay. i think that that offset was just not there so we noticed it a lot more too i'm gonna um, put in a thought about what you're saying about feeling age because
2: we're all around the same age the thing about when you're watching stuff that is not towards your demographic, it shouldn't make you feel that way. And um, you made a, a great a point, uh, Shiv, bringing up, Are you there, God? Uh, it's me, Margaret. I was watching that and I did not feel, I felt relatable to those characters. Those previous teens, that experience was my experience. And those feelings that she experienced <laughs> were my experience. And when I watch teen shows, even like shows like XOXO Kitty, I didn't feel old watching that either. I was like, you know, this is like, I can put myself back and be like, this is what it was like. albeit All this other crazy stuff is going on. Right. It's still, it's still like a fantasy story. You shouldn't have, you shouldn't feel that way. You shouldn't feel like, oh, uh, maybe it's my age. If it's good writing, you won't feel that way.
1: 100%. That's a really good point. Yeah, you're right.
0: Also, one of the things about, and I agree with Pooja, I probably am a prude. But I'm just saying that one of the things that bothered me a lot about <laughs> the conversations between the younger girls like Fab and um Eleanor and Davey was this constant reiteration of like, we have to lose our I don't know if I could say this, R V card. And mm-hmm. that was like the main focus their entire senior year was like, they're high-fiving each other when they lose it. And I am just sitting here like, I understand that that is a concept that actually perpetuates amongst young men. But like, and maybe they're trying to reclaim that for women. So that's kind of the direction they were trying to go. But I'm also like, I thought this generation, this younger generation was trying to dispel the idea of virginity overall like we were just trying to get rid of it because we place so much importance on it and this is why it affects young teens this way it makes them feel like they're lacking or like falling behind in some sense and then when they all did and they all sat there and drinking chai together like high-fiving each other about it i was like what is am i watching did we go back in time and also like switch like role reversal like what is going on right now so i i felt really weird watching that part also because that is not my high school experience and i'm sure a lot of immigrant kids can relate but i just feel like it it was just really strange watching that and then pairing that with how hypersexual like everything else was
2: I think that uh, that scene was more of a reference to see the beginning of the season. uh, The series was literally Davy. The premise was I want to lose my virginity, and that was the full circle moment.
1: Because that's that's just like where I'm seeing it from. Yeah, yeah. The episode's called "Never Have Ever Lost My Virginity." That's yeah. Because I started playing, and I was like, "That's what the first episode is called." (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: I, I, and I do agree with you, Shiv. I think a lot of children, uh, not children, youth these days are trying to like dispel that thought. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure where that plays in with the show. I think I'm looking at this in the show within itself, not within like today's culture, which I guess, you again, a testament to why the writing is failing. <laughs> but um, it, the only reason they're doing that, I think, is to make it a circle um, based off that first episode.
1: But but not for good or bad. at
2: explaining why it's
1: there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just saying that's
2: why it's there. <laughs> <laughs> I feel okay, like it's just, it, really, it, it makes sense, sense for Davey, though. Yeah. Sorry, oh,
3: ahead, uh, I was just gonna say, like, in that sense, like, it makes sense for Davy because it is full circle. Yes. But when it comes to like, you mm-hmm. have Eleanor, it just becomes a little bit too much, like they're almost gloating about it. And it almost feels mm-hmm. like, shouldn't we not focus on that and instead focus on the things that are making us who we are, and the things that we're working towards and the goals that we have. And it just kind of like, it almost derailed and just became all about losing that particular yes. aspect of ourselves. Yes,
2: so correct, Puja. And I wish, like, I wish that that scene was baby being like, yay, I did it because that was her main objective. But then have um, the other two characters go back and achieve what they had wanted in season one. And talk about that, because then it's like balance, right? You know, you are where you are and you come so far because in season one, we were like this and are not like that anymore. Um, and yeah, just to kind of jump off what you were saying, Pooja, that would definitely have been a stronger way to go about it.
0: And they did get there eventually with Eleanor and Fab. Like Eleanor does the directing acting thing and then Fab gets the Howard um robotics program which is which was i was way happier seeing that than the scene of them in bed and i know that it was davie's objective it was just it just seems like ludicrous to me that if this was supposed to represent gen z which they've said multiple times that it is why are we perpetuating something that existed so long ago but again something against amongst young men it just felt so bizarro like i was watching an episode of the Twilight Zone. I was like, okay, Yeah, cool. I
2: think this is one of those situations where you can really see that the creators of the show are kind of disconnected with, um, I'm going to use the term society because for us, we've seen it with South Asian representation. And now, like we can, like I'm pretty sure teens these days will see it with the youth representation because it was just that disconnect. I, I remember watching other shows when I was a teenager and being like, oh, I can really tell, that another person wrote this. It's and it's not it's not guaranteed if you're older, you can't write for younger on a younger audience. It's just when you fail at it, it's very obvious.
1: Um I was gonna say like we were forgetting the Mindy Kaling part again because like yes. if you look at all her other shows, she that main character is very hypersexual. Like Mindy Kaling Mindy and Mindy the, the uh, Mindy Project hypersexual. Uh, Bella in Sex Lives of College Girls hypersexual. So I feel like it's like a thing that um, is another like running trait, unfortunately, when it comes to Mindy's projects. And I'm all for sex positivity, and I get that like for the longest time, South Asian women weren't seen as desirable. We weren't we were seen as the nerds, always studying. We weren't seen as the ones that could like even initiate things. So I think she wants to reclaim that narrative because that's what she wanted to see. But I mean, I feel like she like we said this all the time that she literally wants to self insert when she makes her own shows and that with her love interest and i think the hypersexual part is also part of it unfortunately and it almost kind of reminds me of like um because for the longest time because there's so many like raunchy comedies led by men there was like this wave of women doing raunchy comedies to like counteract that like oh you got ghostbusters we will do ghostbusters too and i feel like because mindy is a woman in comedy i feel like she probably wanted to do that too. Like she's probably surrounded by all these like men doing like, you know, sexual humor storylines. And she's like, well, I can do it too. So I feel like she's trying to overcompensate for something that she thinks women need. Yeah. But like it's a very dated thing that we don't need anymore. Also in general, I'm sorry. No,
2: (laughs) I'm just going to jump off what you're saying. When you say that, it makes more sense because especially this episode, this season being so much more in your face about it. And then adding the guy who played Len, who just has no idea of what boundaries are literally when was called out being like hey respect my boundaries i'm a comedian i'm a comedian you just got to get used to it i don't like literally said i don't look at boundaries said that in an interview bringing that person onto your show really now you know now you know, okay, the season is the way it is because i feel like mindy re- like just, just stop listening to everybody <laughs> everybody that
1: knew what they were talking about Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Velma like really solidified it before because like I really like who was that audience? Who was that for? (laughs) Like I'm and we're not going to this is not supposed to be about Mindy. But like in general, like the biggest complaint Gen Z also has, like they do this with SNL, like skits, too. So like you can tell it's millennials thinking that this is what Gen Z sounds like. You can tell like so I think the whole hyper, like, of course, this generation wants to reclaim that narrative of virginity and not be that sexual, but Gen X doesn't know that. Like, they don't know that that's what they're doing and they wouldn't write it. So I feel like that disconnect is very similar to, like, how Mandy has that disconnect with AC representation or South Asian representation or female, like, um, brown girl, like, bonds. Like, she doesn't have that awareness or that disconnect, so she couldn't write on it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah sorry go ahead yeah, yeah. i was saying since we brought them up and i do want to talk about them um eleanor and fabiola are like day ones right and they've we've mm-hmm. always had like a very um, intricate storyline with both of them <clears throat> so i will say i was happy with their stories at least especially fabiola's what are your thoughts on fabiola's story um i sure you can go first um i was really
3: happy with fabiola i loved seeing her like achieve the goals that she wanted to. Um, It's like Shiv said, I mean, like between like Eleanor and Fabiola, their stories were so much more interesting. And I do wish that it was a little bit fleshed out this season, but for Fab specifically, just kind of seeing her like decide that this is what I want to do. I want to have, you know, I want to be in robotics. I want to be in that field and to just, you know, constantly choose or make decisions based off of that main goal, which has not changed. It's still her passion. The fact that she even said like, that's my passion. I think when she was talking to the uh, Princeton advisor Um, and just the fact that she had these options available for her, um, I, I don't know. It was just very heartwarming to see her and like to see her face light up and to also kind of like reclaim the space of like the robotics club especially when there was the whole conversation of it being filled with like toxic dudes who are very, like, they just, they're so rejectful of women who try to come in and want to learn about robotics and then turn them away. And the fact that she heard about that and her first instinct was, let me go ahead and address it instead of just waiting for it to fix itself. I just, it just shows the fact that she is going to be such an amazing leader going forward, wherever she goes, you know, with that character, like, I, I just, I loved her character so much in this season. I just wish that it was a little bit fleshed out more, but, you know, I love her.
1: Yeah, I very much agree. I also really thought it was interesting with the whole, like, her also applying to Princeton. Like, I was a little frustrated that they couldn't both go to the same school. Um, in general, I like baby's college stories, and, like, with the overachieving students. We always see, like, everyone get into their dream colleges and these, like, storylines. Like, everyone's going to Harvard for some reason. And it means. <laughs> So it was nice to see that she got rejected. And it was nice to see that, like, her friend applied and got in and, like, um, it was a very interesting dynamic, especially for someone who was really studious. And, like, that was my life. I think it would be really interesting to see someone who was also studious not get in, I think, for that generation. Um, do you guys have thoughts on Fabiola's character?
0: I was just going to say that she's another queer character that kind of gets... Okay. Um, I think last season she got a better story with her partner, but this season, it was, again, like, cameo, and then just... Nope, yeah, she, the, she just showed up for a second and it looked like there was going to be a story, but there wasn't. Yeah. So that's like my only major problem with her. Um, I'm going to say something that's like a little bit mean, but I think it's very honest. I don't really like Eleanor and Fab's acting ability next to Davy. So a lot of their scenes to me, I know that they're all, like, relatively new actors. So, like, I mean, my tree, this is my tree's first project, too. But for some reason, like, I much rather enjoyed her performance than Eleanor and Fab. Um, and I don't know what it is about him. But, like, I think that is what made me not get so invested in their storylines or not really, like, care so much what happens to their characters. Um, and I thought it would get better as the seasons progressed. And I think it did, but just not to the point where, like, I needed to, to, like, you know? get gripped but then again i'm also watching this more so for the adult character so like i kind of just didn't pay as much mind but this season particularly i was like i was feeling it in their scenes together Uh, i might be alone on this so i'm okay with no one agreeing with me like i just i have a problem when they just cast people that have no experience and then there's just no growth i'm just like okay well that was fun you know (laughs) so
2: i ironically uh despite my feelings for this season. Uh, I thought the storyline for Eleanor this season was one of my favorites. Um, especially because, I mean, I didn't care for her love story side of it. I, didn't have that, I don't care. Um, what I loved about this season, uh, Eleanor, is, so when you're in high school and you have a passion for the arts, the world is your oyster. And she, her mom is at the very other end of that. So, now we're in a situation where she wants to pursue her passion before, you know, it was, it was very high school. Like, Hey, she's doing these, you know, everybody compliment me. I'm having these little like struggles and it was great. And I love that for what it was for those seasons. But then she gets rejected, uh, in her, she doesn't get into her dream school. And you can, when she goes, you didn't clap. Um, and there's just a moment i guess because like i'm in the arts so i just feel a little bit more more relatable to this character um and you can see like it's devastating the first time you get that rejection outside of high school because in high school everyone thinks you're the goat and it it she immediately shuts down she immediately shuts down and it's so realistic and then she then she goes the complete opposite direction. I'm just going to be a hard worker. I'm going to like I'm going to work and be achieve my dream and then she sees her mom. My god, that scene. Oh my sorry, like I just was so in love with that scene. I almost cried because it I cried for the mom and I cried for the daughter, right? Because everyone in that situation wants the same thing and doesn't know how to get it. They want to Achieve their dreams, but maintain their relationships, and neither of them know how to balance that. And there was a moment where Eleanor saw her future, potentially. Um, what I didn't like was um, at the end, where the, uh, the what's his name was like, Well, that's not going to be you, so don't worry about it. It's like, No, the reason why it's good is because it could be, it could be any of us. You know, you could be the best and still not get anywhere. And we know that, like, Eleanor is talented, but who knows what's going to happen. I I just really like that storyline, especially this, like, out of this season, that was like the one storyline where I was like, okay, we're, we went somewhere, we did it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah,
1: I will say like the, um, there was the one part where I thought I was kind of mature for the high school, um, you know, storylines was the fact that they show what life really could be like outside of high school. Because, like, high school is kind of a bubble, like, you are doing really well, like, and you think, like, yeah, I'm going to achieve my dreams, you're young, like, hopeful, but you also have this, like, insane amount of confidence that, like, college is going to be great, like, it's going to be the best experience ever, I'm going to be, like, doing so well, so I really liked her, I really liked that her, like, person role model dropped out, because, like, it was too much, and, um, like, I, I don't know. I just don't think we talk about the fact that, like, all these, like, crazy, amazing high schoolers, especially in a high school show, do have burnout. And especially South Asians. Like, I think we could all relate that there was – probably we all had a need to be perfect when we were younger because our parents, you know, wanted us to get good grades and do everything. And then we got tired by the time we were adults. And we're like, yeah, we're not not just going to do a 9 to 5. Like, it's just it, – and it's okay. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you don't – you can still be, like, happy and successful and still, like, not be, like, the perfect person. So – uh, maybe seeing that but maybe also realizing like being your own person and ha- knowing who you are is really important. And then like getting those rejections and then like kind of learning to deal with like the struggle of that I just, it's not like something that South Asian stories don't ever have. So I appreciated that aspect of like, okay, they showed them realizing that college won't be that great. And like, you know, real life is going to be a little hard. Um, they could have done this, they kind of did this before in season three. So I don't think it was necessary to you know, have a whole season around it, but at least they tried with that, with the season with that. Yeah. I want to
2: I to bounce off what you were saying with that, but it's like slightly off topic as well about Davy um, at Princeton specifically because this was and we did want to talk about Mohan for a while, so I'm just gonna use this opportunity to jump that in there um, and how Davy the only reason she went to, wanted to go to Princeton was because of Mohan and I really really wanted to see her talk about that in her essay, like uh, more than what was given um it was just like a brief moment of yeah my dad wanted me to go there and he was great and he lived his life that way but it's like but also everything that has happened to you is because your father up until this point like talk about your struggle talk about that's what Princeton wants to see too and I wanted to see that I wanted to talk about it and that's what I really loved about season one was her relationship like dealing with her relationship with her mom and her father and school and life and this was supposed to be the season where She surpassed that and you know, it is better. And that would have been so much nicer to see more than just in the season finale. Like we could have had that in the middle of the show.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have to wrap up soon. Do you guys have any last thoughts before we can jump off and talk about Mohan? Because he was definitely also, he was definitely set, had scheduling conflicts as well. Was the, half the cast have scheduling conflicts? Because I feel like the regulars weren't in it at all. So
0: I'm going to use air
1: quotes, air quotes, <laughs> scheduling conflicts. <Unfortunately. laughs> I wouldn't get be scheduled back to back. They would be available. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, any last thoughts, any characters we didn't talk about? I know we didn't talk about the grandmother's love story. I didn't think we would want it to, but throwing that out there. But um, again, do we jump off of what Mahna said or add anything else? Okay. Yeah, so before we end, can you guys tell me where we can find you guys and what we're working on? Um, Buja, do you want to go first?
3: Sure. Um you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at samosas and popcorn. Um I'm also on Twitter which is at samosas n popcorn. Um and you can always go to Nerd Initiative to check out all of the articles that myself and other creators are working on
2: as well. Uh, Yes, I'm Minhas Smorgul. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram and YouTube, but don't go there because I don't post there. (laughs) My current current project I'm working on is mostly going back to my roots as an artist and just making these little scribble animations of pretty much what I'm doing on my TikToks, but having little animated versions of them um, and kind of talk about film and TV and have like little air quotes, wiki style, Uh, breakdowns of characters and shows and have little scribbly animations on top of that
0: and you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at chivalry underscore I-N-C that's chivalry spelled with an S instead of a C and I don't really have any projects I'm working on but I'm watching a ton of stuff especially this week there's a lot of new releases and I do reviews as soon as I watch stuff so I would
1: love for you to join me there right. so that's going to wrap up this episode of Temple Geek Podcast. We want to thank everyone who tuned in today, and especially our guests for being with us today. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter by using the handle Temple Geek. If you want to check out some of our other episodes or shows, why don't you head over to TempleGeek.com, where we, where you can find all sorts of content that could change the world of geek.